According to the National Center for Drug Abuse, over 165 million Americans ages 12 and up are currently abusing drugs or alcohol. Of those 165 million Americans, there is a mom, dad, sister, brother, wife, husband, son, daughter, or grandparent praying and pleading that they would stop. Addiction is a subject most people don't like to talk about and is kept behind closed doors. But the Finding Hope podcast will bring light to the subject and give families that are living in shame, guilt, hopelessness, fear, worry, and anger, tools and education to find strength, peace, happiness, joy, and hope. Hello, I'm Amy LaRue, Finding Hope Coordinator for Hope is Alive Ministries and your host for this Finding Hope podcast. At Hope is Alive, our mission is to radically change the lives of drug addicts, alcoholics, and those who love them. We do this through our intentional next level sober living homes and faith-based support groups for the loved ones of addicts called Finding Hope. Thank you for joining us today. Today, I want you to think about responding versus reacting. I've been talking to a lot of people on the phone and our first instinct is to react when we're faced in a situation with our loved one and we just do it. We're in that fight, flight, or freeze stays, right? And so um, I know when we love someone addicted to drugs or alcohol, life is very unpredictable. And one of these things might resonate with you. You don't know when you're going to get that next phone call or what they're going to be asking for on the other side of that phone call. Or is it going to be the police showing up at my house? Um, you might find another bottle or a hidden something hidden in your house or something missing in your house. You might, they might not show up to an event or to your house like they said they would and you haven't heard from them. Maybe collection agents are calling you asking for money that your loved one owes. Maybe their job or their work, their boss keeps calling you asking where they are, what are they doing? Or maybe they just randomly show up up at your house at your door and you don't know what to do at that moment. Or you think you might have this all figured out, their their system, their cycle per se maybe, and then all of a sudden they throw you a curveball and you don't know what to do with that curveball. And so many times when this situation these situations happen, we just automatically react to them. We just go straight to fixing, yelling, whatever that might be. And it's easy to react. It's easy to start to defend ourselves in those situations, why you're not doing this, why you're not doing that. Or maybe it's easy to give those excuses to their job, to their boss, to the collection agents. Um, Maybe it's easy to give that unsolicited advice that they may not have asked for when they call you or show up at your doorstep. But what I want you guys to think about today um, as we're talking about reacting versus responding is when we react to any situation, whether it's with our loved one or in another life situation we're going through, we are working from the limbic system part of our brain, which is that emotional state and survival part of the brain. So that automatically kicks in when we feel like we have some type need to be in survival mode, right? 
And so when we're acting, we are, we're trying to survive that moment. We, we feel like we, we've got to do it right now, fix the problem, fix the situation, tell them what we're thinking right at that moment. But when we also are working from, when we react, our unconscious mind is running the show. So we're not able to think through things clearly in that moment. And we're going to talk about here later, how do we get past that reaction, that survival part of our brain? How do we start to train and to learn how to respond instead of working through that survival mode? And when we react, we are running on autopilot. I see it all the time. Or I hear, talk to loved ones on the phones and some they're just rambling, going, going on. And, you know, all of a sudden, after talking through it, they're able to slow down and think about it. But at first they're running on the autopilot and f- figuring out, going, figuring out how are we going to fix this situation or what am I going to do? You know, we become defensive and our defense mechanisms um, kick in in those situations. But also when we are reacting and working from that survival part of our brain, we start to have a lack of focus on what's really in front of us. What's what really do we need to be focusing on at the moment? We start to have that fatigue. We are becoming unhealthy spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically. We're fatigued in those moments because, you know, when you're on the autopilot, you're go, go, go. Then all of a sudden you just hit a stopping point, right? I've been there many times and it's just like, now I'm exhausted and now I don't know what to do. And a lot of times when we are in that part of the brain and working in that sense, it changes our memory and we can't even remember the details, the different things, not just to that situation, but to other things. Maybe you forget things from work or from other stuff that's going on in your life. You can't remember what you're supposed to be doing. And when we're in that reaction mode, we're also very impulsive. So it might not always be what we should do, but we just are very impulsive making these decisions, doing it. We might get that phone call and we might just impulsively stop working and leave work and all of these things and going into that fix-it mode and all this. And then everything is just in chaos, right? When we love someone in addiction, it's very easy to be get intertwined in that chaos with them. And so um, we've talked about this in that reaction state. I know we all do this. We, every person has that fight, flight, or freeze. And so I want you to think about like, where are you in that? When you are placed in a situation you're not expecting and the situation, what do you do? Do you fight in that situation? Maybe that's yelling, that's fighting, whatever that might look like. Or do you flight? That means running away from the situation. Do you just pretend like it didn't happen? You just go, go, go away. Or do you freeze? Do you just stop there and like, I don't know what to do. And so all these things is can become very unhealthy for us when we are in all of those reaction stage when we're reacting to finding that bottle another bottle we found this other bottle what am I going to do I'm going to start hitting my loved one with it or I'm going to send a picture and make them look at it stare at it look what I found Um, or you get that phone call from jail your mind might quickly react and think okay I got to bail them out I got to get them a lawyer I got to I got to do all these things And really, is that being helpful to them 
or is that hurting them in their own recovery? I want you to think about that as well. And that's, you know, sometimes we have to think that is this helpful or not? And so what we want you guys to get to and is to learn how to respond in situations. And like I said, this isn't easy. I've been there and I know you're thinking, Amy, this is, it's easier said than done. And I agree. It is easier sometimes just to react out of, from those situations, but that's not healthy. And so I want to share with you real quick a story I just heard um, that happened over the weekend from a Finding Hope member. And one of my leaders was sharing it with me about this. Their member has been coming to meetings. Um, I've actually talked to this member um, a few, like six months ago, I probably. And um, their situation and their loved ones addicted to alcohol and just trying to figure out like, how do we navigate this? And, you know, this, their loved one actually got in a wreck, um, last about a week ago. Um, and the play, their child was in the car and all of this was going on. And the Finding Hope member was so good about responding to the situation instead of going straight to reaction. And this Finding Hope member actually said, it's because I've been involved in the support group and I have my people, I have people I can call on. And so um, their loved one was arrested and taken to jail. And um, this Finding Hope member didn't do anything just, you know, it's like, there's nothing they could do at that moment anyways, right? Like it's easy, you know, to get in that chaos and just bring you down. And at Finding Hope, we talk about numbers and bringing you down, bringing your numbers down and not going about your life that you deserve. You deserve to be living this life and living it to the fullest and not changing all your plans because you have to go bail them out or you have to go fix the situation. And so fast forward. So the person, their loved one was arrested on a Friday and this person was at church and looks down, their phone is ringing. This member looks down and it's a 1-800 number, knows exactly where this phone call is coming from, um, jail. And made the choice, could have easily reacted, got up from church, gone out and answered the phone. But this Finding Hope member knew, no, I'm not going to react. I'm not going to, because what's that going to do? Nothing, right? It's just going to put this person in more anger and more bitterness and maybe say some words that they're going to later regret saying, right? Sometimes that happens when we're in that reaction. We say things that we later regret we said. And so this person just went about and just continued to worship, getting plugged in, staying connected to his, to the church service that night. And, you know, he was in, is in a much healthier place and is so grateful that they didn't answer the phone, that this is a consequence to their loved one and their loved one's going to have to figure it out, right? It's not what the Finding Hope member did. The Finding Hope member did not make the choice to drink and drive. Their loved one did. And so this is the consequence. Their loved one will need to figure out 
what the next step is. And so I'm so proud. And there's many stories like that coming out of Finding Hope. And like I said, I also, on the flip side, I heard a situation this last week, also from someone new, just reaching out, just found out about Finding Hope, reaching out, wanting to get plugged in. And um, their loved one is also in jail at the moment and was saying, I've got to do this. I got to figure out what the next step is. I got to do this. I got to do that. And I said, you're going to just continue to wear yourself thin. And I even asked, I said, how's your marriage? How's your relationship with your other kids? Cause they're all consumed by this situation trying to figure out, okay, when they get out of jail, where, where can they go? What can they do? And all of that. And, I pretty much, I encouraged this person to set a boundary. And so maybe that's where you are. Like, I understand it's, you want to figure it out. You want to know, but set a boundary for that. Give yourself permission to only look for, for 30 minutes to an hour, say from 7 PM to 8 PM, I'm going to allow myself to look and to do some research. And after that, I'm not, I'm not going to be consumed by all of this. And so that new member, I really believe in a few months will be starting to learn how to respond versus react. She already took the first step though, by calling me right to talking through the situation. And so let's talk about the benefits to responding. You are more thoughtful. You don't later have those resentments or, Ooh, I shouldn't have said that. Right. You can actually weigh the pros and cons before you respond. And sometimes you don't even need to respond. That's the response to situations. Maybe you get that ugly text message and you want to respond. You want to defend, but why? Just delete the text message. And that is your response right there. You know, when we learn to respond, we're staying within the core and moral of our own values. We're able to stay in that. Sometimes when we react, we lose sight of our values. And when we are responding, um, there's more, you can become more productive in life in general at work and with your family life and all of that. And we talk, you're healthier, right? You're emotionally, physically, spiritually, and mentally healthier. And the last one I put is when we practice responding, the focus is back on us again and what we need. And we've talked about that all the time. We lose who we are, what we need. And so when, when we respond, you are, you're able to focus on you and what you need. You're able to continue to not cancel that lunch date, not to cancel going to a coffee with a friend, not to cancel going out of town and having a girls weekend or having a time for you and your husband to get away for the weekend. You know, you can focus on you. And so you're thinking, okay, how do we do this? It's easier said than done, right? And I agree. And so the first thing I learn, and I do this with my own kids, right, is when they're in that state, that emotional state, and they can't think through, the best thing we do is say, take some deep breaths and not just little deep breaths, but really take, close your eyes and breathe in and hold it and then let it go and then take that other deep breath, hold it and let it out. Sometimes I'll do this at home and my kids are like, what are you doing? I said, mommy just needs to take some deep breaths right now because 
you know, I don't want to react to my kids. Sometimes I do and it's not healthy and I have to later apologize, but I want to respond in a healthy way. And so I even tell my kids, like, that's what we need to do. And so what you tell others to do, you need to be doing for yourself as well. So taking those deep breaths and then reflect. You can look at that way out. Like we talked about already the pros and cons. Do I need to do anything about the situation right now? Or can I, can it wait? Or just do I, am I even need to be involved? Right. And then, um, I always say, call, call somebody. Who do you call? You call somebody who understands, you don't necessarily call your best friend unless they've been in this situation. And, you know, a lot of people mean well, but they don't understand what you're going through. And sometimes you just need to talk it out and that's all you need to do. And you can figure out what you need to do just by talking to someone. And just recently I saw one of our Finding Hope leaders posted this and I think it's so important. It says, practice the pause. And so I just want you to think through when you're faced in those situations, think through of practice the pause. And this is what it says. Practice the pause. When in doubt, pause. When angry, pause. When tired, pause. When stressed, pause. And I love this last line. It says, and when you pause, pray. So take those deep breaths, pause and pray. And it goes back, we talked about the serenity prayer with Jessica on this podcast. Ask God to give you the wisdom through that. Is this in my control or out of my control? And what are you supposed to do? And you might not have the answer. If you don't have the answer, that means you don't do anything at all. You don't react. You don't respond. You wait. You wait to hear what you're supposed to do in those situations. And so I want to give you a verse. Isaiah 40, 31 says, those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up like wings, like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. So when we remember to pause, pray, and respond, we can have that strength. And that's what I would just encourage you. And I found this quote also that I thought was really good. It's from Fred Durst. It says, when I look back on my knee jerk reactions now, I realized I should have just taken a breath. And so this week, I want—I like to leave you guys with a challenge. And so this week, I want you to practice what practice before you get in that situation, practice taking those deep breaths, practice pausing in those situations, start calling somebody today, because when you're in that fight, flight or freeze days, when you want to react, when you're in that um, survival part of your brain, you'll want to have already practiced calling somebody in that. Call me, find a hope dealer, find a finding hope leader, get plugged in. And so I want you to be practicing now for when you're in those situations. And you might even think back and reflect back and journal back and look at some situations and think, oh, what could I have done in that situation? And so just this week, remember to stop, breathe, pause, and... Pray through each situation you are in.
and get plugged in. Let's get you plugged into the Finding Hope or a support group in you. We have plenty of Zoom meetings. Last night, I got to be a part of the Zoom meeting and meeting people from all over Idaho, um, Texas. I think there's North Carolina um, was on there and Pennsylvania, someone from Pennsylvania, the state of Washington. So people from all over are getting on these Zoom meetings, growing and learning together and building each other up. And so I'd encourage you to do that. So thank you again so much for joining me this week as we talked about responding versus reacting. And you can learn more, all new, learn more about Finding Hope at findinghope.today. But I'd also love for you to give us a five-star review and share this on social media and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss our next hope-filled episode. Thanks again for joining me, Amy LaRue, on this episode of Finding Hope. And remember... You are not alone. It's not your fault. And there is hope. A new place, a new home for a while. Let me feel alive. This episode of the Finding Hope podcast was brought to you by Hope is Alive Ministries. To learn more about Hope is Alive, visit our website at hopeisalive.net. If you are in need of immediate assistance, don't wait. Call us now at 1-844-3-HOPE-NOW. That's 1-844-3-HOPE-NOW. To find out more about Finding Hope and how you can get involved in a meeting close to you, visit findinghope.today.